Footprints presents The Incredibles, a series where you meet ordinary but incredible individuals. 大家好，我是毛明瑞。我现在呢是带领了一个团队。Hello, everybody. I'm Mao Mingrei. I'm leading a team called Urban XYZ, exploring ways of how to better manage and improve the city. Middle-aged Mao Mingrei is a Beijing-based professional solving the problems occurring in public spaces within a city. Traffic jams, poorly designed or badly maintained roads, street noise, and so on. He calls himself a city doctor. In this edition of Footprints, let's discover how our guest tries to cure or fix the chronic diseases that our city is suffering from. In the mega city of Beijing, with its nearly 22 million residents, traffic jams on the road or being packed like sardines into the subway trains largely define the commuting experience. Tiring and frustrating, if not painful. For an interview with our guest on a hot summer's day in 2022, we drove from the city's northern suburb right through the city center before arriving at Urban XYZ. A startup company based near the Tiananmen Square. Our driving time, two and a half hours in total, was almost doubled because of the morning rush hour traffic congestion. Mommy Ray, the company's founder and CEO, in his black short-sleeved shirt and glasses, passed me a bottle of water and kept me waiting for five minutes. He was occupied with his work, typing out his thoughts and ideas on his laptop. Later, he explained to me that he was making the best use of his time while waiting for me. He said traffic jams were unavoidable in Beijing. I asked him whether he faces the same problem. He said no, as he only needs to walk from his home to the office. It turns out that his commute takes no more than 20 minutes on foot, and he enjoys the walk. In general, the pedestrian infrastructure on my way from home to the office is very good. In summer, I walk along the south side of the road to take advantage of the shade. In winter, I walk along the north side of the road to bathe in the sun. To me, the infrastructure, greenery, and the sense of comfort is good. His easy and comfortable commuting experience is the result of the relocation of his office one year ago, when he moved his company to where it is now, a location about 20 minutes' walk to the south of Tiananmen Square. Before moving his office to the current location, he used to rely on public transportation, an uncomfortable commuting experience faced by millions of Beijing residents. I avoid basing my office in a place so far away from home that I need to transfer several times in the subway system. My subway commuting was acceptable compared with those who need to transfer from one line to another. In rush hours, many people have to wait for the second, third, or even the fourth train before successfully squeezing themselves into the car. 
Mao agrees that his personal commuting experience doesn't fit with the general experience millions of other Beijing commuters have had. As an expert in urban planning, he explains that commuting problems are almost a chronic disease for megacities like Beijing and Shanghai, as economic and work activities are concentrated in the city center or in a certain district. Furthermore, megacities are a result of aggressive government-led urban expansion, mostly in size and population over the past three decades, especially in the 2000s. It's not until 2015 that urban planners and governments at various levels realized the problems and tried to stop a worsening trend. In the same year, the central government laid out a national-level blueprint requiring city authorities across the country to better plan and manage urban spaces so as to improve the living environment for their residents. The new thinking and requirement have seen early signs of success in at least one particular area in the southeast suburb of Beijing called the Yizhuang New Town. From the perspective of an urban planner, Mao speaks highly of what has been achieved. We can address the commuting problems faced by megacities from the perspective of better laying out the functional zones of the city. We put different functions of the city within one area and minimize the possibility of putting only one function in one area. This way, we make more people work near their home. For example, in Beijing, Yizhuang is a good case in point. Although Yizhuang is not in the city center, the dynamics of the industries, good living environment and public services make it a good example of solving the commuting problem of megacities. New town, new design, this is the formula Mao Ming Rei and many of his fellow urban planners have come up with. But Mao says more efforts should also be focused on the management and improvement of the existing urban spaces while the country is winding down its aggressive urban expansion. Back to the problems faced by commuters in Beijing, he says even individuals themselves can help make things better. Many young people now choose to commute by bike, especially since the COVID-19 pandemic. Take my company, for example. One of my colleagues bikes for about 30 kilometers from home to office every weekday. If you are a keen cyclist, you and many others can form a trend and develop a new lifestyle. Mao himself is also a biking enthusiast. Walking and biking enable him to explore and experience the city in detail as a regular resident. This helps him to see the city and discover its problems from a city planner's perspective, in his own words, as a city doctor. Ma points out that the infrastructure for bikers in Beijing is relatively good compared with most other cities across China. Beijing is a bike-friendly city. Only a very few cities own a citywide system of cycle lanes. Many other cities simply have no bike lanes. However, good infrastructure is not enough to ease traffic pressure. 
According to Mao, many problems are the result of poor traffic management and the improper conduct and behavior of drivers and pedestrians. Mao gives one example. When the authorities tried to alleviate the pressure on parking, they did not expect drivers would occupy cycle lanes. As the roadside parking lanes are set alongside the bike lanes, vehicles are allowed to pull across them. And in reality, some drivers just drive in the bike lane, threatening the safety of bikers. I often ride a bike and I am scared whenever I pass along a section with parking spaces. I worry about crashing my bike directly into a parked car if a door opens suddenly. This is very dangerous. Technology can play a role in fixing the problem. In the three months to November the 8th, 2021, the Beijing Municipal Authorities installed 450 new electronic police specifically for that purpose. To further improve the environment for bikers and pedestrians, Mao and his colleagues have proposed to better lay out the intra-city road system. In the past, a big turning radius was built into crossroads so that vehicles can pass through quickly. Now, we, city planners, me included, think allowing vehicles to move at higher speeds poses greater safety risks to pedestrians and bikers. So we slow down the vehicles by changing the design of zebra crossings. They are now laid out in such a way as to minimize the distance from one side of the road to the other, thus shortening the time pedestrians spend in driving lanes. Mao boasts more than 20 years' experience as an expert in solving city problems, first as an urban planner, later as an entrepreneur. His journey to being a city doctor started in 1996, when he began his four-year undergraduate course in city planning at Wuhan University. In 2000, he came to Beijing, and since then has worked for 16 years at the Beijing Municipal Institute of City Planning and Design, a public-funded entity. He fell in love with the Chinese capital city when he first arrived to begin his career at the Institute. With regard to my impression of Beijing, I think it's big and magnificent. As the political capital of the country, the city has lots of massive, symmetrical public spaces, buildings and facilities. In the old town of Beijing, you can feel the skyline is open, which is rare in megacities in China. Mao also marvels at the rich historic and cultural heritage of Beijing, but laments that not enough protection has been given to them. In general, there is a strong consensus about the protection of the old town of Beijing. Nowadays, we seldom hear that structures of historic value are to be destroyed for commercial development. In the early 2000s and 2010s, he participated in drafting two general city plans for Beijing, an experience he treasured dearly. Beijing 
Participating in drafting a general plan for a city was a good process for my self-training. It has made me understand the city from a holistic and bird's-eye perspective. So this experience can help me solve the specific problems in grassroots city management with the whole picture in mind. The 2004 edition of the General City Plan for Beijing, which Mao has contributed to, called for building the city as a world-class metropolis by 2020. By contrast, the 2016 edition City Plan put more emphasis on building it as a world-class hospitable city by 2035 through better management of its existing urban spaces and public services. Mao Mingrei's extensive and rich experience in urban planning and obsession with fixing the city problems finally led him to launch his own company in the same year. He recalls when he quit his job at the Beijing Institute that year, he had already realized that there are many obstacles standing in the way of innovation at a public-funded entity. For innovative city planning and management, he gathered a team of like-minded and passionate people around him. In other words, we are working for the transformation of urban development. This course needs the input of various kinds of talent and professionals. How to organize them? You need a platform and organization. That's why our company was launched. We all have a strong sense of social responsibility and are on a self-imposed mission. We treat each other as equals. The atmosphere is very friendly, but of course, we face great pressure. His now 40-plus member team consists of professionals from various fields, ranging from architecture design to software developing and statistics. Pressure, however, comes from his inexperience in entrepreneurship and his self-imposed high goals. As an entrepreneur, you will fail if you can't maintain high efficiency in work and be tough on yourself. A sub-district in the east of Beijing called Shuangjing is another case showing what they have achieved through hard and innovative work. This five-square-kilometer sub-district is home to about 100,000 residents. In July 2019, it was selected as a UN Habitat International Sustainable Development Pilot Community, the first such community-level pilot of its kind in China. The goals are to improve the living environment of the sub-district and achieve social, economic and environmental sustainability at the neighborhood level. In the same year, the Beijing municipal government issued an ambitious three-year action plan to improve the barrier-free urban environment in the whole city. The plan has focused on improving the accessibility of the city's tactile paving, sidewalks, residential neighborhoods and other areas related to the everyday life of people with disabilities. To prepare for the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics, Mao and his co-workers conducted a census of barrier-free facilities within the Shuangjing sub-district. 
We put a radar scanner on a blind person walking on the roads of Shuangjing. During the process, the radar device identified what problems the person had come across. Then we used the data gathered to help renovate or address the problems regarding barrier-free facilities. Since then, Beijing has installed new barrier-free facilities at 336,000 places. And another 100 wheelchair-accessible streets and blocks have been built all across the city. Meanwhile, a total of 100 so-called convenient life circles, with services available within a 15-minute walk for residents, have also been established. Looking back, Mao admits that it's easy to identify problems, but sometimes difficult to solve them. The renovation of existing urban spaces involves a wide range of stakeholders, and each of them has different or even conflicting interests. For example, if a place falls solely in the jurisdiction of a sub-district government, then it can proceed with the renovation project quickly after a plan is approved. But most of the problematic spots didn't fall into the charge of the sub-district government. The spot may be a shopping mall, a hospital, a convenience store, or a school. To these property owners or users, the grassroots authorities can only inform and advise them about renovating requirements. Ultimately, it is up to the property owners or users to decide whether to implement the renovation plan. If they say no, then there is no way to force them. In many scenarios, Mao says that concessions or compromises have to be made when they want to turn their plans into reality. In cooperation with local authorities, he often has to sell his idea that a city is a complex system and problems need to be solved in a complex way. For instance, the authorities may not take our advice. It happens. But mostly we are in a friendly atmosphere and dealing with problems together. We try to understand each other's viewpoints. We try to combine our efforts to tackle the problems we face. Lack of funds is another big problem he often faces. What residents want may not be supported by public finance. Or, from a professional perspective, we propose a renovation which doesn't need a big investment, but public finance will not fund it for various reasons. In the end, the funds available are not sufficient for the problems we want to solve. This mismatch can be a long-term headache. Still, faced with such challenges, Mao and his team's quiet but persistent efforts have paid off. The living environment of Beijing has been greatly improved, as evidenced by the first exclusive bike expressway launched in 2019. The Huilongguan to Shangdi bicycle lane, as it's called, was proposed by Mao and his former colleagues at the Beijing Municipal Institute of City Planning and Design. I advocated for the proposal to be accepted. I appealed to the general public and introduced our proposal to them. Then media attention followed. 
Afterwards, government officials began to support it. So I just did what I needed to do to push it forward. The 6.5-kilometer exclusive bike lane has greatly helped the commuters in a traffic-choked area in northwest Beijing. 32-year-old Wang Xiaowei is among its many frequent users and beneficiaries. Wang says the bike expressway has cut his daily commute time significantly. Previously, I took the subway, then the shuttle bus provided by my company to commute. After the bike expressway was put into use, I only needed to ride a bike from home to the office. The biking journey takes just one hour at most. In contrast, previously by subway and bus, it took one and a half hours, or even two and a half hours, depending on the traffic conditions on the road. Wang works in the IT industry. He adds that many of his colleagues also take the bike expressway to commute. Moreover, he notes that it has also attracted cycling enthusiasts. As a daily user of the bike expressway, I often see groups of cyclists in their cycling suits ride dazzling bikes beside me. I often spot 10 to 20 such cyclists traveling in groups. Mao himself has taken his own child to have cycling trips on the now-famed bike expressway several times, even though he lives far from the bike lane. Mao and his team often revisit the places they have worked on to improve their environments. Shuang Jing, Xinjie Kou, Wang Jing, to name just a few. When we asked him whether he felt proud of the projects he's worked on, we were taken aback by Mao's reaction. <laughs> Very few. I'm not an architect, neither a landscape designer. Individual creativity and pride is an essential part of those professions. I just play the role of a city doctor or a consultant for urban governance so that I can help governments solve problems. The job of a city doctor is a never-ending process. It is rare for me to feel that I have completely fixed this or that place. It is rare to have the feeling that our work is done and the place becomes perfect. There's no such moment of fulfillment for me. The job sounds unrewarding, but Mao continues to devote his time and energy to it. Being a rational and analytical person, spotting problems, finding solutions, and efficiently putting plans into action, the process itself becomes his life's calling and passion. The cultural dynamics of the city, community-level infrastructure, public spaces, transportation, and the working environment are all on his analytical radar and problem-solving spectrum. He relies heavily on high-tech, such as the Internet and, more recently, artificial intelligence to better the performance. Never really satisfied with what he has done, Mao Ray says he'd never give up trying to improve city life for the residents. 
Of course, I can't say all my analysis and solutions are right. I always think the more I know about the city, the more I don't know about it. Though he claimed to be dissatisfied with what he has achieved so far, he is satisfied, however, with Beijing in general after living and working in the city for more than 20 years. I love living in the city. I love the high-dense city spaces. I love the convenience of having access to a cozy place for food or for fun with a few minutes' walk. Born in 1978, Mao grew up in Yichang, a city in central China's Hubei province. Living in the downtown area of the city, he's always loved wandering the streets in search of good food, fun, and places of interest. Now, in his middle age, Mao still keeps up his hobby of wandering the streets in his new hometown. I really love wandering around. I often ride a bike or walk in Beijing. In my child's words, I love going to the shabby places of the city. In these endless walks or rides, I can see what's happening in our city, what we can learn from it, and identify what needs to be improved. As a child, his focus was on finding fine food and fun. And although he now still regards himself as a foodie, he's added the role of being a city doctor, trying to diagnose and find therapies for his city. On the journey of the city planner and manager, the pursuit of gourmet food integrates seamlessly into his lifelong endeavor to upgrade the livability of a city and make life easier and more beautiful for more and more people. With that, we conclude this episode of Footprints. Thanks for listening. I'm Man Ling. If you're interested in hearing more about the lives of ordinary people in China, follow us on Apple Podcasts. Just the key in Footprints, and you can find more stories anytime, anywhere. We will see you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>